Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encourages you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. We're going to start a new series here in the month of March called The Algorithm. Al- algorithm. And um, <clears throat> if you've been on social media, if you've been on TikTok, um, Instagram, who are my MySpace people? Remember MySpace? Everybody was a, a coder. <laughs> you know, we, we knew computers back then. Right? It's too, your, your social media is too easy. We had to know a little bit about code. You know what I'm talking about. And, um, and you, you know, friendships have, you know, were broken when you went from number five to number one. And when you kick down to number 10, you, you're like, hey, we're, we're almost on the way out, all right, of being friends. Uh, but um, social media, if you've been on social media, you understand this concept. It's an algorithm, all right? So social media, they, they use these algorithms to, to identify what you need as a customer, what you need as a user. And sometimes, you know, whatever you search or whatever you put in, they put it in an algorithm, and then you start seeing these things pop up on a constant basis. You know, it, like uh, the church, if, if, you, if you don't, like, like our post or save it or do it like that, you, it, the, you won't see a lot of our posts because it's an algorithm. That was a, that was a selfish, like, hey, like, okay? Um, you know, it, it, you don't see it in the algorithm of what Facebook uh, and all these things. You see the ads that – have you been there before where, where you, you know you didn't search for it, and then you, like, talk about it with your family, and then you go on social media, and there's, like, an ad for that thing that you just talked about. The devil is a liar. Because they're not only seeing what you search, they're listening. They're listening. Big Brother is listening. And it's because they put it in this computer, this algorithm, to benefit you, but sometimes it creeps you out because <laughs> what's happening. But the algorithm, here's another simple definition of an algorithm. An algorithm is a set of instructions for solving a problem or a task. A common, here, here's, a, here's a common thing. I, mean, I know we talk about computers and all that stuff, but a common algorithm is a recipe. It gives you step by step to get to an outcome. So, you know, to get this great dish or somewhat failed dish, it's an algorithm to get you to accomplish something. Do you know God works in rhythms? God works in sequences sometimes. In these algorithms, he has created us in this form with some kind of algorithm, some kind of recipe, some kind of uh, things that he just put in us. And, and as we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and he dwells in us, there was an intended rhythm that God made for us. As, and and, and, and what, what messed up that rhythm is culture. What messed up that rhythm is sin. And the enemy he wants to, to corrupt our rhythm that God has intended us to do because it's supposed to be a pure rhythm, this rhythm that God has put in us through his Holy Spirit. But it's sometimes distorted because the enemy wants to mess up your rhythms. God tends to work in rhythms, and one way we see he works in threes, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. It's a rhythm, you know, is the wholeness of the Godhead, you know, all different, but all in one. But God has also made us humans. God has also made us in a rhythm as well. God says it like this, body, soul, and spirit. 
We are created, body, soul, and spirit. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, says it like this. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Everybody say completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body keep blameless and, the, uh, and at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The enemy knows if he messes, messes with God's divine rhythm in your life, he can mess the algorithm in your life. And we start, saying, we start seeing things as God doesn't see him. We start hearing things as God doesn't hear him. We start living in fear and not faith because our algorithm, the system, the, the, the rhythm that God has intended us to be is jacked up because we're not living in the spirit, we're living in the flesh. See, when body, soul, and spirit are healthy, man, great things happen. We're, we're complete. We're whole. And this month, we're going to work on this healthy rhythm that God has intended us to do through his word. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Actually, the elephant in the room in our world right now. We are living the last days. Churches don't talk about this a lot anymore. We just want to just tickle your ears and we want to say, hey, you're going to do it. You're going to accomplish everything. Yeah, that's great. But guess what? Jesus is coming soon. So while you're accomplishing, <laughs> look up. <laughs> Have your ear attended. The other day, well, I think Elijah said something, my, my son, the, uh, the trumpet or I don't know. how. I guess he's listening in church. Thank God for church kids. Okay. <laughs> and the other day, he, something went off and he's like, oh, there's the trumpet. I was like, boy. I started running into the church. I say, you, finally, finally he's listening. But we are living the end times. When I was growing up, and, you know, I, li I, I grew up Pentecostal church, not only Pentecostal church, Spanish Pentecostal church, okay? There's a difference, okay? And um, no earrings. You got all the ladies wore dresses to here. And if you showed a little bit, disciplina, all of it, all right? And, you know, it's one of those things that that's, that's all they talked about it. And in a way, they put a little bit of fear in the midst of the hope. And it wasn't bad. It was just they wanted people to get saved. And, and I get it. But now in this culture, we have feared people away from heaven. But the, yes, there are going to be bad times. Yes, bad things are going to happen, but we as Christians have a hope that is above every hope. We get to see Jesus face to face. But the reality is the transition from generation culture to now culture, there is a disconnect from heaven to earth. There's a disconnect. But here at the last days, turn on your news. Get on social media. It's about to get twisted real quick. Because we're living the last days, and I know a lot of fears there. Oh, my grandparents used to say that. I get it. My parents used to say, I get it. But if you open your spiritual eyes, this is the problem. We're living in the flesh and not in the spirit. In the flesh, everything's going to be good. It's going to turn around. Oh, the next person we, we elect is going to turn it around. It, no man is going to change this. When it's divine, is divine. God is saying, as we are in the connection between heaven and earth, we need a church in the middle to, to bring the bridge together. Yes, we can't be so heavenly minded that we're not earthly effective. But we can't also be spiritually dead on the earth that we can't see heaven in the real, in, in, on our future. We have to be the church to bring the gap. To bridge the gap. And as we are living these end days, 
there's this rhythm that God has told us to be in as the people of Christ in these last days. And in that perspective, the enemy wants to break what is true and bring what is false. A lot of people now are dealing in fear. A lot of people now are dealing in anxiety. They're dealing in impulse. They're de- dealing unrational, unrationally. But when the, what the church needs to be in the end times is bold. What the church needs to be at the end times is full of love, full of kindness, full of faith, and full of hope. But the original algorithm, the system that God has for them has been altered because what we see and hear changes our perspective. I'm not blaming you that you have fallen short because we have all fallen short of God's glory. But I'm here to tell you today, God does not operate in surprise. He knows. What's happening in the other part of the country or what's happening here is doesn't surprise God. He's not like, oh, we messed up here. He doesn't operate in surprise. He operates in yes and amen. He doesn't operate in defeat. He operates in I am the way, the truth, and the life, meaning he knows how you feel. He understands the doubts. But when we operate on the other other side, the opposite side of our feelings, we start living in the spirit and not in the flesh. And we start operating in a rhythm in the spirit, seeing things that we can't see other than in the flesh. We have to open our spiritual minds and be the church of Jesus Christ in the last days in this earth. We can't be playing games anymore. It's hard, but that should be our goal. And as we're diving in, God gave me a, I I was very, I had a whole nother way of going with this. Me and Ryan were talking about this. We went to a conference this past week with uh, me, 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 Ryan, and Jess. And I was going a whole different way. But as I was reading God's word, he just wrecked me with this concept of this rhythm that we are losing in this generation. It's unorthodox, and this is, might not be a message for everybody, but it is. So open your spiritual ears to what God is saying. This is very much a prophetic message, and um, so uh, let, let's, let's get into here. here. Here's the thing. In this last days, there's an algorithm that God wants to establish from the foundations of the earth, and is this. God spoke to me this week. God spoke to me this week and said, there is a generational algorithm that is off in our culture. There is a generational algorithm that is off in our culture. And I was like, number one, I was like, wait, <laughs> what the heck is that? You know, and, and as I was studying his word and, and in these end times, you know, what does this generational and end times have to do with me, have to do with you? And the answer is everything. It has to do with everything. Because if we're talking about the end times and we're talking about what God can use us in these end times and how can we use this rhythm, we have to first understand what is a rhythm that God has intended us to be in these times. And it goes to Joel chapter 2, verse 28. If you got your Bible, go there. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. We heard this verse multiple times. If you've been in church, you know, three minutes, you heard this. It says this. And I shall come. And it should come to pass afterward that I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. We stop right there. And we're like, whoa! We go in right there. I want to pour my spirit on all flesh. But there's a rhythm that happens that you need to be operating in for the spirit to fall. It says this, your son and your daughters shall prophesy. 
Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. There's a system right there that God is showing us. And he's also giving us a promise on the other side of the system. But if we don't open our spiritual eyes to see what he's doing, he identifies, listen, in those last times which we're living, I want to promise, pour out my spirit on you. But first, old men have to start dreaming. Young men have to be living visions. See, older saints, and I'm going to say older saints because I don't want to offend you, all right? I don't want to offend you. Old people, I'm just kidding. Older saints, younger, this next generation. We, we have a divide in our cultural, in our church cultural world that the old people are here, again, respectfully. The seasoned saints are here. The young people are here. We throw the young people to the back where they have their lights and crazy music. And the older people are here singing the hymns and doing stuff as they used to do. Then there's this awkward middle of like, I don't want to do it like mom and dad used to do. And then there's this thing like, hey, they're not relevant anymore. But God gives us a system that we need to follow for his Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to come down in these last days. Here's the difference. We're talking about dreams. We're talking about visions. Young men will, uh, old men would dream dreams. Young men will see vision. See, what's the difference between a dream and a vision? A dream is usually while you are sleeping. A, a dream is usually while you're, no vision, but hearing and apparent to the wisdom behind the dream. You, you, I've never had a grandma or anything that used to have dreams, and then, like, they tell you the dream, and then you're, like, scared for the next, like, 20 years of your life. You know what I'm talking about? You're like, Grandma, I love you. But don't be, don't, be, don't be doing that. And then like 10 years later, there's like a movie attached to it. And like, oh my goodness, ain't doing it. Because a dream is usually when your eyes are shut, but your ear is attentive to the wisdom. Mm, I'm going to get back to that. That's too good. A vision, a vision is it, it's you're seeing it and you're going after it with ambition but at times, if you go with ambition without wisdom, you're going out of the will of God. Because there's too many people in this younger generation. Listen, I'm going to speak both, okay? So don't, let me just talk to the young people. There's too many people that, that are young in this generation that we have taught you that when you have a vision, run after it. It doesn't matter what you have to do. You have to go for it. Ambition, 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 ambition. And I'm not saying nothing's bad about that. But but ambition without wisdom is destruction. And God has put us a, a rhythm of what we have to do. But let me talk to the older saints real fast. Sometimes you can have so much wisdom that if you're not sharing the wisdom, we're losing a generation. There's a divide between the dream and the vision, and we clearly see it here in 1 Samuel chapter 3, we see two generational rhythms that are happening. We're looking at, at Samuel, and we're looking at Eli. And um, let's read it here, and we'll give you a little bit of context of what we're going to talk about in verse 3. It says, a boy, everybody say a boy, 
So we know he's young. A boy, Samuel, ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. Let me stop right there. You ever been dry in these last days? We're like, God, where are you? And you look at the world and you're like, is, where, where, why are people so crazy? Can, can you say in a way sometimes that even though the God is speaking, it's sometimes rare because people aren't listening? This is kind of where we're at. Like this boy, Samuel, is ministering under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There was no, there was not so many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could not barely see, was lying down in an unusual place. And the lamp of the Lord had not gone out, and Samuel, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord said to Samuel, then the Lord, then the Lord called to Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lay down. And he went back and laid down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go and lay down. Now Samuel did not know it was the Lord, and the, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. That's key right there. Samuel did not know the Lord, and it was not revealed to him. And the third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. You called me. And Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli said to Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls, you say, Lord, uh, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in this place. And the Lord called and stood, um, stood there calling as he did other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for the servant is listening. And then the Lord said to, said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everybody who hears tingle. A lot of reading, but. Holy moly. If we're not listening, if we're not living this right now. I truly believe that there are seasoned saints that are hearing from the Lord, but hoarding the revelation. But I also believe that there's young, a new generation that God is rising up that is going to run with the vision, but don't have any wisdom. See, Samuel heard and, and heard the vision and was eager to go. But he didn't have enough wisdom to understand the revelation. And then Eli, with no vision, heard the calling and affirmed the calling in Samuel. And that had to happen so they can have the call to action, which was, here I am, God. I am listening. See, God spoke to me this week. If we want an outpouring of his spirit, we need to work with the vision and also work with the dream. The, the young, if you think you can fight this fight alone, you're wrong. The, the old, if you think you, you don't need the young, you're wrong as well. 
Because God works in these rhythms. God works in this. I don't know about why God is telling us to speak this into this generation, but it's a prophetic message for a generation that is living now. The enemy wants this generational divide because he knows that when the dreams aren't connected to the vision, there's no power. This is probably too much for you, but I'm speaking truth to you. The enemy wants generational divides. I love our church because you can see every color, every race, but you can also see every generation that is in this place. It's not a young church. It's not an old church. We're the church of Jesus Christ. This is how heaven's going to look like. Look around right here. But when we live divided generationally, we can't see the power here on earth. For far too long, we have lived idle to this divide in our churches. The enemy knows that that power, uh, the power of the vision affirmed and nurtured by the wisdom is powerful. See, back it's called discipleship. It's called that we 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 let go of discipleship and brought entertainment. And when we bring so much entertainment and not discipleship, we have generations going two different ways and there's no power in the middle. That's why it's okay to sing the three songs and feel a little tingly, but then do the same thing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because there's no power. There's no power. We need the wisdom of the old, but we also need the, the, the drive and the ambition of the new. And when we come together, we see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this place. But here's the thing. If we can keep the visions apart, there's no action. And, and if, if we keep the dream away from the vision then we're just living in just talk and just revelation and no action. But when we bring it together with the old's wisdom supporting the young's vision and drive, the young with a lack of wisdom but driven to do God's work, but the old affirming that, we see revival in our land. But the enemy wants to, rest, to mess up the recipe of the algorithm and tells the old, oh, that generation, they're just dumb. <laughs> oh, they're not smart. I wouldn't do it that way. Oh, back in my day. But then the young say, oh, that's the old ways to do it. Oh, they're not effective anymore. They're not relevant anymore. Let me tell you this. The methods might change, but the message never changes. Sometimes, young people, let me tell you this. You can sing the song 50,000 50, times. It doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's moving. Old people, sometimes the hymnals don't work. But when we meet together, it doesn't matter if it's a hymnal or, or a song. See, too many people have too many opinions in church. And we bring a divide. Why can't we just come and worship God? doesn't matter if it's your song or not. If, you, if your whole relationship with worship determines on the song we play, it ain't my problem. It ain't JP's problem. That's your problem. Because it's not about, it's not about the, oh, this song hit me. You've seen those people. Their songs into it. 
every move I make, I'm making you. But then when you sing one of those newer songs, oh, this is just my former worship. But what you were going crazy five seconds ago. If your whole life of worship is determined by a song style, your life is in vain. I mean, it's mediocre. But when we are coming together, the old and the new, great things can happen in our world. Yes, the methods might change, but the message never changed. Let us get the formula back together. I challenge this young generation. Here's the thing. Young generation, here's what I challenge you. You can't do it all alone. And number one, and, and number two, you don't know it all. Let me rock. If you're like 18 to like 30, because 30 and up, you're old already, okay? This generation, all the 30s are like, I'm just trying to be young. <laughs> Sis, you can wear all the Nikes you want. You old. Join me. I just dyed my beard last, last night, okay? I ain't playing. I'm trying to look young. Younger generation, let me, let, me, let me give you advice, okay? And if you can't take advice, it's not me that's coming down on you. It's you. You can't receive what God's saying. That's too real, okay? Young people, you don't know it all. Old, old people, don't, don't talk. I'm coming for you too, okay? <laughs> Young people, when you live a life that you think you know it all because you just turned 18, 19 years old, 20 years old, and you don't seek advice of the old, you're only going to live by your experience. And guess what your experience is? High school. Oh, you don't know my life. I'm hood. Boy, you went to George Jenkins. Get out of here. The richest school in there? You live on Lake Hollingsworth. <laughs> Young people, let me, let me give you advice. And I'm telling you this just because I failed in this place. When you stop seeking true wisdom, and sometimes it's wisdom from the saints, you're only living by your experience. And your experience is not that much. It's not that, mean, that doesn't mean that you're not smart. It doesn't mean that God can't live, work in you. It just means that you're dumb sometimes. Like you haven't developed. Let's just get like, get, let's not be spiritual for a minute. You're not developed. I'm still not developed. Ask my wife. But that doesn't mean that it, it denies the calling and the visions God has given you. But when the vision is attached to wisdom, then you can have change in your world. We have a generation, hey, older people, we have a generation that is hungry for the word of God. We have a generation that, is, that, that will do things that we've never done because they have the drive and they are living in a different kind of anointing. But uh, older people, let me get to you now. When you look at a generation, and I didn't mean to go old over here, Mr. Sam. I, I, I just landed there, okay? I just landed there, okay? I just landed there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it, just, it just landed, all right? Let, let me go back to the young. Just, just a holder right there, okay? I forgot one thing, and this is so important. Young people, Timothy needed a Paul. Timothy needed a Paul. 
Timothy was so on fire for God, but he still needed Paul to reaffirm that. How do I know? In, first, in, in Timothy chapter 4 verse, verse 4, verse 12, we hear this verse all the time in every youth group because, you know, this is the empowerment, you know. Go take the world, young people. It says, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. Woo! Yeah. You old people, I got to die. I love that. I love the people, the young kids that come to us and say, and they're like, hey, what do you want to do, you know, with your life? And they're like, you know what? God is not, not calling me to kids ministry. God's not calling. I just want to preach. Let me get on a Sunday and preach. I'm like, hey, boy, you don't even have a word yet. Like, you, you just left. You ain't there. But here's the thing. Yes, this is the declaration to the young people. Hey, don't let anybody look down on you. You got something on you. You got the anointing, but here's the rhythm. But be an example with believers in what? Rhythm, speech, rhythm, conduct, rhythm, love, rhythm, faith, and rhythm, purity. See, God is saying, hey, you got it, and I'm going to give it to you. But guess what you got to do, young people? How are you acting? How are you loving? Where's your faith? Where's your purity? The rhythm. The rhythm. But Paul affirmed the young Timothy and said, hey, you got it, but here's some wisdom that you have to follow. And older people, if you look down on a generation that God is right now using because it's not the way you think it needs to be done, you're wrong yourself. Sometimes, hey, guess what? You had your time. It's not to me. That means you're not washed off. You're, you're not whatever. But let them run. Let let the, let let's see what God is working because there was revivals back in the day, but it started with young people like you. I'm just. It's too much. It's too real. This might be part two later. All right, but. But we, we have to understand that there's this thing. We can't look down on the young generation. We have to give them the wisdom in the midst of the drive. And when we lock the old and the new revelation and the dream and the vision, God can bring his power and lives can truly be changed. As we become the army of these last days. But if we're living over here and over there, and God wants us to come together, the old and the young, the dreams and the visions, to see the Holy Spirit come into this place. Who's going to be the one to step up and say, hey, let it be me? There's multiple times in the Bible that God used one to bring the bridge. Hey, Noah, build a boat to save a generation and some animals. You know, Paul used to kill Christians, but now I want to use you to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. One. Close. The enemy wants the dreams and the visions, the old and the new, the algorithm 
the system that God has in place that's shown us clearly in the last days that we're living in. He wants, it's not going to be a younger revival. It's not going to be an older revival. It's going to be the church revival. It's going to be the it's gonna be the body of Christ turning from their wicked ways and turning back to Jesus. It doesn't have to be, but when the generations come, how powerful would it be if we have a church that affirms the young but doesn't deny the old? What if we have a church that the young can seek wisdom and not feel judged? What if we had a church that the, young, that the old can prophesy into the life of the young, but the young doesn't look down on themselves because all the older people are telling them what to do? What if wisdom is what we seek? Because here's the thing, we, we don't have any system. We don't have anything that's really going to navigate us through these end times. But we got each other. And if, God, if we serve an intentional God, he knew that we were going to be here at this time. All, the, all you um, first time guests, thank you guys for being here. But guess what? You're part of the plan. God knew you were going to be here. Like it was part of your story. You thought they invited you? No, no, no. God knew. But what if we know that's so intentional and draw near to each other and say, hey, let's, let's knock the devil in the face and do it together. We can't be a divided church. No, we got to come together. We got to break this generational curse that is over our churches. We need the old. We need the young. We need to bring it together. Don't even talk about kids' church. They're young, young, okay? But, we're, but, the, but the example that we're showing now, they're going to pick up. Because the example we've shown before, the young picked up. Sean, no, this is too much. Because it, it, we need to talk about these things. We, we need to talk because we need the power of, of Jesus Christ in our, in our world. We, we, we can't throw our money to it. We can't throw our good music because we do a great job. JP, you do a great job, all right? We can't throw all these things to it. We got to throw, we got to fight the enemy with the power of Jesus Christ. And we can only do it when we are together. The young, they see the vision, but they need to get the wisdom. And the old, you're not washed up. Don't wash your nets. God can still use you to be a part of this end time generation. You're not done with. You're not washed up. You can see, seek wisdom, give revelation. We need togetherness in these days. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.